Namaskar. Hello and welcome to P Guru's channel. I'm your host, Sri Ayer. Today I have with me Sri Vibhuti Jha, and he's a very good friend of mine. You might have seen him in Jaipur Dialogues and many other uh, platforms where he usually comes in uh, with a Hindutva point of view, I think, although I haven't heard enough of his uh, uh, debates to say that this is what he stands for. At the same time, he's a great friend of mine. I've had the honor of sharing a couple of panel discussions with him. And he's now running for the state assembly in the state of New York. Let's welcome Vibhutiji and let us see what he has to say about why I think in, uh, Islamophobia is being used as a ruse by Ilhan Omar, but she's actually being Hindu-phobic. And I've done many shows thus far showing how the criteria for attack is a Hindu-American candidate. It doesn't matter whether that person is from a Democratic Party or from the Republican Party. So let's welcome Vibhuti Jha. Namaskar. How are you, sir? Very well. Thank you very much for having me, Sriji. Uh, you know, this is wonderful to meet with you for the first time on P Gurus. So I'm honored, delighted and very happy. Thank you. So uh, now let us start speaking Americanese form of English. So we drop all the uh, Sir G everything. Vibhuti, it's a it's a great thing that you have taken upon yourself. Uh, running, uh, being in politics is very tough. It's a twenty four by seven profession, and also setting aside time to fight for what you believe in. And uh, you you see, this is the right way, in my opinion. You start at the state level prove your credentials, and then you start moving up based on where it takes you. I mean, it will take you somewhere. That's that's how I see it. Vibhuti, please tell our, our viewers which constituency in New York uh, are you standing from and whether you agree with me or not that I'm making a statement that Ilhan Omar has become Hindu-phobic and she is going after every Hindu American politician. And, and this new version of the bill that she has brought, again, is an indirect attack. Uh, thank you, Sri. Thank you for inviting me here. My district is New York Assembly District 16. It makes up in the North Shore. Uh, it makes up of Port Washington, Manor Haven Village, Sands Point, Great Neck, Manhasset, New Hyde Park, Roslyn Heights, Roslyn Estates, and certain areas of Old Westbury as well. So it's a very good constituency. It's a totally blue constituency. And, uh, you know, it is, uh, you know, I have taken up this challenge. And, you know, as the saying goes, the last straw on the camel's back or the trigger point for me to expect and hope and pray that we have need, we need a voice happened during a time when... Uh, this, our swastik symbol was going to be declared as law, uh, as a hate symbol in New York State. And when we came to know about it, the entire community came, rose up. We had a very powerful Zoom meeting in which, to our surprise, to my surprise for sure, most of the assemblymen and senators from New York State expressed the complete shock that we didn't even know that this symbol was so important for you. And the thought that occurred to my mind was that these people were doing things which was so against our core swastik symbol behind a false premise. And I, at that time, I said, there has to be a voice, our voice there. 
you know, in, in the assembly, in the state legislatures. And I am a great believer in staying with the engaged with the process of the governance that happens, particularly in a country like this, which gives us an opportunity to interact. And I think my mother's soul must have said the Thaastu. And, uh, you know, and, uh, you know, I got a call from Republican headquarters that would you like to contest the election? I said, yes, you are right. It is a very, very tough job. It's a very tough assignment. But, you know, standing by the sidelines, clapping, criticizing is one part of the story. Being in the getting engaged with the process is another challenge, which a very good friend of mine immediately jumped up and said, I thought you only were talking, but you are also a karma yogi who jumped into the battle. So here I am in the New York State Assembly contest that is going to happen on November 8th. Thank you very much for that introduction. Regarding Omar and her Hindophobia, you know, you know, one of the things which is very important to uh, re recall that intent is something that we never know. What Ilan Omar is as a person, I do not know. But what you say and do defines you. And what defines her is a complete doing things against India, which by implication becomes very Hindu-phobic. Her entire Islamophobia bill, which we all have talked about multiple times, is driven towards India. The bill refers to India. So likewise, this particular bill, uh, declaring India a country of particular interest, it talks about only India and Hindu. She visited Pakistan uh, POK area as a guest of Pakistan government. Nobody knows who funded her, but she went and made the comment. She's, she's prone to making very strong statements, which has made her famous or infamous, as, as she prefers to call it, when she said some people attacked 9-11, attacked the uh, things like that. So some people. Remember, she rakes up issues. She rakes up issues to remain in controversy, which gives her a platform to do that. And we all know who are her supporters. So my sub submission would be that she is playing a, uh, a you know, a, a Islamophobia card. She is playing a Hindu phobia card. And that's where it keeps her constituency happy. And, uh, you, know, you know, just to add to that is look at the attack on Congressman Raja Krishnamurti in Chicago. Yes, yes. That is so, so shameful. She's not doing it against anybody else, but against Raja. This is this this points out to the fact that she has backing and support of some vested group, whatever is her constituency, to do what she's doing. And let's take a quick look at your constituency. Perhaps you can tell us a little bit about the demographics. Is it middle class? Is it uh, working uh, families, or is it uh, you know people who go and commute? I I, I know a couple of the places you've mentioned. I'm not so sure how close it is or far it is from places like Connecticut, which is sort of like New York extension, you know, banking <laughs> is, is in Connecticut and a whole bunch of other, uh, you know, industries. And New York as a state has a very solid base of, you know, machining tools and uh, heavy uh, equipment thing. Like I, I would say equated to what happens in Germany, heavy engineering stuff. New York has a lot of, including all the way up to Rochester, it's a very right. vibrant state. So please, can I describe to our viewers your state and your aspirations for them, uh, your constituency, and uh, let's, uh, let's listen and let's hear from you what you feel you can do. 
Oh, thank you. Thank you very much for that, uh, <clears throat> for this question. Uh, New York's, my constituency, District 16, is a, is a very prosperous community. Uh, it, is, uh, it has its own dedicated uh, metro line. I mean, uh, Long Island Railroad, which runs from Penn Station to Port Washington. On that line exists Manhasset, Great Neck, Plandome, and, uh, you know, Great Neck, and all these areas. So it is a man, lot of people who work in Manhattan live in New York in this area. It's a very com comfortable line. The constituency is very wealthy, very well-to-do. And it also has very strong smattering of uh, working class people in villages of Manor Haven and others, where most of the people live in rental accommodation. And uh, so they all are going to work as painter, fitter, turners, plumbers, and everything else. So it is a mix of a community. It's a, it's a kind of a reflection of America as a, as a, as a, as a nation. We have, uh, we have white people, we have Chinese, we have Latinos, we have significant Indians who are here number of Indians who live in this community. And uh, so it is not very far. It's 35 miles east of uh, New York City. Uh, Connecticut is right across the bay, uh, the sound that we call it here. We can sight them from here. So yes, yes, this is a this is a very interesting constituency. And I'm very delighted to have the opportunity to contest here. And what uh, I'm looking forward to doing, and as I said in my conversation with somebody, is that I don't want Port Washington, a very prosperous, peaceful community to end up in a democratic rule in which it resembles any of the democratic run cities which are plagued with violence, plagued with uh, indiscipline, and plagued with everything else. That's what is important here. That's what the battle lines are drawn on that. You know, Vibhuti, you've uh, taken me down memory lane. I remember coming to Manhasset, uh, there was a a digital camera company called Olympus of Japan. They used to have an office there and I had come down there. And uh, I remember going to the sound area where you have the ferries going across to Manhattan. <laughs> yes. uh, beautiful, beautiful area, beautiful area. And, uh, good area. Thank you. Yeah. The, the, the one thing that I learned, I mean, my uh, passenger, he was actually a New Yorker, but he had moved to New Los Angeles and he was driving the car and he so what happens is every state every area has its own driving habits and and since he had not been there and moved to la he had developed the la habits and in manners that what i noticed was the the driver behind you has an uncanny knack of knowing one second before the turn the light turns green and if you don't start moving in that one second before the light turns green boom there's a there's a there's a gentle nut boom <laughs> you're so right you're so right. You know, we all have to anticipate the green light or the orange. Exactly, light. exactly. And, and this guy was going, tearing his head in, head in frustration, said, I knew this thing, but I don't know. I've forgotten all these habits. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Manhattan particularly has very strong presence of uh, the medical system, Long Island Jewish Hospital, uh, Long Island uh, North, North Shore Health Center. They are very, very good health clinics here. Plus, we have a lot of working class people as well in New Hyde Park area, small businesses. They're all worried about the tax element of that. So peace and law and order is a key issue in, in our constituency here. Right. Um, so have you started the ground roots, uh, grassroots, uh, like door to door kind of stuff already? Or how is your plan? I mean, are you planning to go 
social media and also door to door. I don't know. Each constituency has a certain, uh, you know, culture about it. That this is the way people are interacted with, right. you know, town hall meetings, what have you. Maybe you can share a little bit about how you are planning to make your pitch. Oh, sure. Uh, that's that. Thank you for asking that because, you know, the campaign is, as you know, uh, is uh, also very closely related to reaching out to approximately <clears throat> 170,000 voters in this area. And uh, so it has to be door to door. Uh, it has to be social media. We need to take advantage of the technology. And uh, between September and October at that time, there will be five or six debates. Uh, by newspaper agencies and certain specific leagues, the Women League and others, they will have, there will be debate between me and my competitor. And uh, of course, September to October time is known as a war time. This is the strategy sessions. Uh, we are getting myself out in the public to, to, so that people get to know me and uh, they know the candidate. It's very important for me to reach out to uh, Republicans, I'm fighting on the Republican ticket. So Republican, independents, conservatives, and then the Democrats. Because you, as you know, the party lines are very easily divided. But important part is to mobilize my constituency, essential supporters, to get onto the vote, to get them to let them to know that you have a very viable guy who can win. Uh, it's just not run-of-the-mill guy, and I'm very serious about it because I want to talk about how the business of politics can benefit from my business experience of banking and business that I have done all my life. So this is uh, this is very important to do that. Yes. Yeah. Thank you, sir. Um, thank you, Vibhuti. I forgot to ask you, can you describe Vibhuti the person? Uh, this is usually the first question that is asked. My, my bad, as they say in the United States these days, my mistake. So perhaps you can walk us back to when you arrived in the United States. Uh, you've been a banker. Uh, what do you do? And uh, just a little bit more about knowing Vibhuti, the person. Thank you. Uh, this is the toughest question because, you know, talking about yourself. But I came to the U.S. in 1991. Uh, I was at that time working in India with American Express Bank in corporate banking and private banking. And prior to that, I was for with eight years, I was with the Reserve Bank of India, having qualified to become the officer in the direct recruitment system of RBI those days. So after I left RBI, I joined American Express. The pendulum swung from compliance control and being the boss. I became into the complete performance-driven area of American Express, where I could be fired if it did not deliver, right? So, so my father did two, two hours of extra puja so that I have more sense and stay put where I am, not to take the risk of moving to American Express. But I was always a risk taker. I was always a believer uh, to be you know, going ahead and taking chances with your life because if you don't take risk, nothing happens. And I joined American Express. In 1991, uh, you know, American Express sent me here to champion India's liberalization program. So I was in the senior leadership role. Uh, Los Angeles was my headquarters, although American Express was in New York. Then after three years in L.A., I came to New York. I was the head here. And uh, I've carried that tradition. I was one of the I, I, I proudly call that I belong to a band of a few good men who brought the India's liberalization story to America. And that's the time. And that's the time I realized. And I will very proudly say that I became a better Hindu, better Indian, better human after coming to America because 
I realized there were so much good things about us which the world doesn't know. We have a, we even we we haven't cared to say that. So in my addresses to companies and corporations, I realized that I have, uh, you know, I I began to answer questions about us, India, Hindus, why we are the way we are. Became I have answered questions which have ranged from sublime to stupid. So you know. Yeah. That's what I've done. And then I switched over to business consulting. I decided to stay back and uh, to give my son a good education here. I have only one son. I did not want to go back to India, leave him here. So I said, hey, that's my next step. So I quit American Express, started my own career, spent three years in insurance industry from senior manager of American Express to an insurance agent. It was a, my biggest cultural adjustment. But the moment I got my green card, I moved ahead. I moved ahead and this started my business of joint ventures and consulting with the Indian and the U.S. aisle that I began to fill. Uh, you know, viewers, the period with uh, during which Vibhuti was part of American Express, they had some iconic ads. Like this is one thing that has stuck in my mind from that period. Uh, you know, uh, Lois Lane is in trouble. She can't pay for what she bought at a store. And then Superman comes there. But then he says, in my dress, I don't have a place to keep my credit card. So sorry, I can't help you. And then Seinfeld happens to be standing there and he pushes out an American Express card. And it says that it's everywhere you want to be or something to that effect. So uh, American Express really took off. I mean, they were usually the guys who were like, we are the high end of the credit card industry. But then a series of ads and, and amazing advertising and promotion, they, they really became the competition to uh, MasterCard and Visa. In fact, I, if I remember correctly, up until two years ago, Costco only gave American Express credit yes, cards. Yes, yes, yes. You are absolutely right. Talking about that advertisement, I will share yes. with something which very few Indians know about it. Uh, we made uh, Vijay Amritraj, uh, who lives in LA. Uh, we got to know him. Uh, I, I think if you call him today and ask, do you know Vibhuti Jha? He will say yes. Uh, we made Vijay Amritraj our spokesman for NRI services. And we crafted an ad campaign, which was, he was very happy and it worked very well. So in that ad campaign, we show Vijay Amritraj serving an ace, and then he's rushing to the net and returns a, a service return to winner. The caption read, American Express, great service, great return. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. That's right. He was very happy about it. You know, like uh, he said that 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 came out very well. So, yeah, I've heard some very interesting stories about Vijay, and I want to share one story here with our viewers. So, a friend of mine gets invited to a dinner. This those days he was in L.A. His brother is a very successful uh, producer, by the way, Hollywood producer, yes. Ashok Amritraj. Yes. Uh, Double Trouble is one of the movies that he produced, which is a big hit. Yeah. Uh, Claude Van Damme. Jean-Claude Van Damme's movie. So, so Vijay is uh, part of this dinner thing. And uh, uh, my friend goes into the house and, and you know, uh, Vijay says, hello, I am Vijay. And he's taken aback. I think this man looks familiar when he's too shy to ask, who are you? And then you know, it comes out that he is Vijay Amitra and so on. So yeah. dinner table conversation. So Vijay says that, you know, my grandma always used to ask me, if you have to lose, why can't you lose in India itself? Why do you have to go all over the world to lose? <laughs> Vijay has a tremendous sense of humor. Very, very 
bright sense of humor. He has regaled the audiences uh, with his. But I must share with you, I met the whole family actually when we we hosted uh, um, <clears throat> one of our country manager in LA, and Vijay was the spokesman, and his entire family, his parents also came for that uh, event. So I remember with great joy meeting his entire family over there, and uh, you know he 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 has enormous sense of humor. Wonderful guy. <clears throat> and, and he was a gentleman at an, in an era where they had brash tennis stars, John McEnroe, Jimmy Connors, who would sulk when the call didn't go for them. And, and, and here he was a gentleman tennis player, beautiful serve. And I think he had some physical uh, restraints. And despite that, he made such a big mark in tennis worldwide. I'm not talking about India. In India, he was the undisputed champion. I'll tell you something. It's a very in interesting story that shows the quality of a human being. <clears throat> I go to U.S. Open every year, and there was a time when they were playing gentlemen's tennis. You know, all forty-plus people. <laughs> I ended up in the stadium where Vijay was playing doubles. Believe it or not, it was what a gesture he showed. During the he saw me. All right, I didn't make any noise to attract his attention. He saw me. I was sitting with my friends. Vijay walked up to me. Good to see you here, Vibhuti. Right? Just imagine during the serve change. Right. He comes up to me, shakes my hand and says, you know, good to see you here. My friend said, you know him too? <laughs> <laughs> and then one time he invited me to the commentator's box, sat there. So it was, that showed the quality of his heart and mind. That even though the transaction was over, he still remembered. Me as a friend, as a human, that shows the quality of the heart of that man. I, yes, I and, that. yes, indeed. And I, uh, on a similar note, uh, and this will come in handy for you, Vibhuti, in your campaigns. You know, there was a survey taken about uh, doctors who the patients considered gave the best service to them. And, and uniformly, it is Indian origin doctors that seem to score very high. They seem to have that extra empathy when they are treating the patient. There's a human touch. It, it's not just like, you know, okay, prescribe this, 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 this. I'm off to my next patient. But somehow they seem to have that a little bit more time. They seem to know their family. They, this is this is reflected in the community. They're one of the most sought after physicians in the whole United States. It is a cultural thing. It is absolutely a cultural thing. And it is truly powerful. That's the way we are. And that's what angers me most, you know, is that we are... The most, I mean, I, I'm reminded, I'll share with your audiences, which I my experience of a senator once told me that we love you Indians as immigrants to this community, to this country. You are professionals, you work hard, you have family values, you have cultural values, you have you take care of your children, you are in the highest median income, you are not a law and order problem anywhere in the world as an immigrant. You know, you you contribute to the society so much and you ask for nothing. <laughs> <laughs> so it's so, time for Indians to begin to know how to ask. And yes. Saying goes, crying baby gets more milk. And you know, that's what is important. We have to assert ourselves. This is critical for us. And this is this is an education. I learned in, in, in American Express in India because I was very good at structuring products and uh, to meet the client need. One day my company yeah. manager called me and asked me this question. I believe you are the one who designed these products. I said, yes. Why didn't you tell me? It's not about blowing your trumpet or beating your drum. 
But if you don't tell me, success has many claimants. Yes. So others are Failure is an offer. That's the yes. thing that struck in my mind is that, yes, yes, if we are good, our value systems are good, why aren't we talking about it? That's what we have to begin to do. Thank Absolutely, you. Vibhuti. And viewers, this is the first in a series of chats that we are going to have with Vibhuti. As he crisscrosses his constituency, he is going to come across some real-life stories. I want to really try and introduce him to the entire world because P Gurus has a viewership across the world. Vibhuti is a great person and, and this human touch is going to serve every politician well as long as you know they know that look. This is, this is just not saying that I did this, I did this, but by their own behavior, they are going to do this thing. So stay tuned, viewers. We are going to have more of Vibhuti over the next few weeks as this campaign heats up. Vibhuti, we have a few questions for you from our viewers. So sure. if you don't mind, let's take a couple Please, of questions. Yes, why not? Yeah. First question is from uh, AK, VBG. What is the Indian government doing about it? And uh, there is a question before this. Can you go back to the Mr. Lee question? One, one second. The, the question has come in a sequence. Yes. Mr. Lee wants to know, uh, Vibhuti, do you think it is the Ilhan Omar-led progressive group under the Democrats who forced the Gulf states to denounce India in the Nupur Gate issue? Uh, that's a very pointed question, very relevant question, whether it was Omar-led progressive group uh, which forced Qatar and other countries to denounce India. I would not know that. I wouldn't know that whether she was herself responsible. But yes, <clears throat> the response of Qatari government and Kuwaiti governments was absolutely shameful. Because what happened was in Nupur case, everybody knows this is the issue which is very, very important. Nupur did not construct a fact. Nupur did not state an unstated thing. She did not cook up a fact. She quoted from the very text at the time when somebody was abusing Hindu gods and goddesses. So she asked the question. That's what is important here. And I, to this question, I would urge all the viewers to demand reciprocity, which is I tweeted after this issue happened that if you do not denounce us, I will not denounce you. You question my gods, my prayer system, the way we live, then you have to be able to tolerate a counter question. And that's what is important. So to answer the question, I wouldn't personally know about this one. I don't think anybody cares for that, but that fact happened and government of India responded to those. Thank you. Um, the next question, um, Vibhutiji, What's the Indian government doing about it? And is it not interference in our internal matters? Can we also pass a bill and declare U.S. as a nation of concern? This is about that uh, bill, that resolution. Yes, yes, that, yes. Uh, I mean, this is a this is a very good question. It's, it, it, it calls for an engagement. Government of India in, in, the, in the Congress regime was different. The, gong, uh, the government of India in this regime is different. External Affairs Minister himself said, expect some robust foreign policy pronouncement and statements coming from India. So the question is, there are certain issues happen in a particular country. We feel that government of India must respond to these things. At the same time, remember one thing, this is not a government action. It is an individual member of parliament, to use that parlance, individual member of Congress of Democratic Party who has moved a resolution. I am saying, there is similar resolution can be passed 
or placed on Indian parliament by an individual parliamentarian belonging to any party. Because you need to engage your opponent. That's the only time you get respect and reciprocity. If you let it go, the power of letting go is not relevant all the time. Sometimes you have to ask a question, however inconvenient a truth it may be. We remember that during the CAA and 370 time, many municipalities were passing resolutions against India. Yes, yes. This is important. I was hoping that some municipality in Kadappa and Jumri Talaya will also pass a resolution <laughs> against interference in domestic matters of a country. So, yes, I believe that government must encourage individual parliaments, parliamentarians must get engaged that you, if you have a right to ask questions, so do I. And why not? Yes, indeed. Uh, are there any more questions? Yeah. Shenbaga Muttu Rahul, does she have the support of the park lobby? This is uh, Ilhan Omar. Yes, she has. There are actually, actually in today's Jaipur Dialogue program, Utsav Chakravarti, whom you have quoted in your article, yes. he yes. mentions the name of the Pakistani guy who is now behind bars. Uh, he names the guy because she is supported and funded by the Pakistan lobby. And let's be very unequivocal about it. Aman ki asha be on one side, you have to know who your enemy and friends are. Unless and until you have done your purva paksh or knowing the nature of the beast, your response will always be weak. So I believe she has the backing of many lobbies and uh, she is a poster girl because she can be vocal. And I grudgingly admire her for her tenacity. She doesn't give a damn for anything else. I'm doing what I have to do. My question to fellow Hindu uh, American congressman of Indian origin, I say, at least ask her the question. You, they have never made any statement. I'm saying, guys, at least ask her question. Is she right? If you read the resolution, first word, the word Hindu is missing from there. Those same communities that she's talking about being violated in India are the communities violated in every country that backs her, including Pakistan. There are no Hindus left. Sikh temple where Gurdwara was attacked in Afghanistan. Does she have anything to say about that? So I question, is it phobia or is it real? That's the issue that we have to continue to ask the question. Thank you. Uh, next question, please. Uh, Saurabh Jada wants to know, why does India lack to defend Hindu religion at international level? There's, that's a profound question. We have tried to answer that many times and we have configured that we Hindus are very self-satisfied people. You know, and we are very content within ourselves. We believe, let's work. The first generation Indians who came here, they came with six or eight dollars in their pocket. They were not privileged like the current crop of immigrants coming here with uh, expat package like I came or H-1B people, technology people coming or good package. They came with six or eight dollars. They were working very hard to make a living. That's what RBI allowed them. So they came here with fringe dollars in their pocket and they made a living, worked hard. So Indians, the first generation Indians were not so engaged in the social and community life. We Hindus are not organized yet. But it's good to see P. Guru himself, Sri Ayerji, in Jaipur Dialogue, Hindu Pact, Hindu American Foundation, Kohna. These institutions are being created and now we are becoming vocal. So I would urge all of you 
those who are directly participant or otherwise contribute, support these institutions because as a joke goes about, the entire budget of Care Nevada is bigger than all the budgets put together of Hindu American foundations or Hindu organizations. So it's time for us to shell out some money, support institutions and organizations that are working. For example, P. Guru himself. Uh, so, you know, that's what I'm trying to say that we need to get organized and we have to find the factors that make us happen. Yes, indeed. And AK wants to know, VBG, how are these Islamists able to use democracy to their advantage? Are Americans so naive not to understand their workings? That's my favorite question. I'll tell you, you know, what I mean to say is that I have always been saying that you are playing a game of cricket or football, right? Somebody plays the game better. They are playing the game better in democracy. They understood the tools of the democratic process. As one, a, a very dear Pakistani friend told me once soon after 9-11, we are going to take advantage of every democratic tool that you are very proud of. The rule of law, freedom of religion, freedom of speech. We will say whatever we want in your society, but we will not give you that because our society doesn't allow that. This is what I mean to say you have to demand reciprocity. Americans are not, are not naive. They're very smart people. They are running the world affairs. But in democracy, vote bank matters. And I'll give you one instance. In Georgia election runoff in 2020, Talaib and AOC and others, and Ilhan included, gave a call to all Muslims to take opportunity to vote for a specific party. And I asked at that time, if Hindus had given a call for this kind of a scenario, there would have been a bavander of any kind, right? That these Hindutva forces are being, being so sectarian, anti-minorities and all that. So we allow ourselves to become victimized. They are playing the game better. My favorite line is, if your opponent is playing the game better, you got to play the game better still. AJ wants to know, what is the U.S. government dollar contribution to care? How much do U.S. provide to Hindu organizations? And he wants to volunteer too. That's uh, I do not know the exact number, but I do know one thing for sure. The United States has a lot of grants available for under varieties of names in the budgets they have provided for. The question is, who knows it? We don't. We, we, we Hindus are hardly dependent on the government for any help. There are people who take full advantage of what government gives. So I would say U.S. Hindu organizations don't even know how to ask for it. And uh, thank you for your support. You can always volunteer. Please, I will say, Ayerji, please give him your uh, my number if he wants to have a particular idea. Yeah, please yeah. share. I'm willing to yeah. talk. So, so what I'll do, Vibhuti, is I'll have your email address so he can yes, send out do. an email to you. That's easier. That's perfectly fine. So, Thank you. Yeah. I'll do that in the description. So anybody who wants to volunteer can reach out Vibhuti because then he can direct it to his office. That's perfectly fine. Somebody Thank working you. on the campaign. So we try to make sure that you know we make full use of your time and effort. Thank you so much. Poonam Abhi wants to know, I came here in 1993 and was categorically told by my family not to do anything to upset the Americans in my college by showing off my intelligence by answering questions correctly. 
but there's not a question i think it's just an observation punam, punam, it's not I, true. I know i know punam ji because she comments a lot on jaipur dialogue so i'm familiar with her name although i have never had the privilege of meeting her you are right but that was perhaps not to upset the apple cart but this society remember one thing in the schools they encourage you to ask questions yes. even property show is about asking the question what is the question we all have answers to questions but the question that you ask is actually gets you the answer that you are looking for so we have to ask questions we have to express ourselves and we have to participate punam ji go ahead and be who you are <laughs> very very fond memories of being in college so let's go on to the next question uh, aj is hindu hatred systemic us government media society feminism democratic party hollywood ford foundation open society and now care just too many to keep the answer short i will put it this way that i have said it on jaipur dialogue and that's my belief that organized religion operates their operating systems is based on fear and ignorance sanatan principles operated on natural laws they operate on natural laws so when prime minister modi described vasudev kutumbakam with a new definition under the international solar alliance opening he said there is one earth there is one sun and one grid that's the modern definition of vasudev kutumbakam likewise what has happened is with the advent of science and technology that is emerging today a lot of fear and ignorance is is falling aside as a result of which the lot of people are becoming ex muslims and a lot of christians are leaving the christian fold becoming atheists now we were welcoming to everybody we don't impose any conditionality so somewhere along the line with the growth of science and technology and our essential principle this is the sangam of mega century this is the actual sangam of mega century is for us to take that message forward so we in my opinion our philosophy has become a threat to organized religion and that's why these people are attacking us because to demean us and make us feel irrelevant without understanding the murti puja they condemn idol worship and i i told people that it's not idol worship it's idol worship and idol worship i gave the explanation to the american in the american language that all basketball players have the photo and murti of if not murti the portrait of michael jordan in his room they all want to be like mike that's is called paying tribute and what we our philosophy is that god lives in all of us if god created this in the life forces life around us he created life forces energy water air it all we are made up of all those forces so our actions define us eventually i don't want to kill five people today and confess and then i'm absolved right so you we have to begin to ask those fundamental questions that are critical to understanding one another and i will share this example a muslim investment banker friend of mine one day in a very pensive mood he asked me why is islam misunderstood in this part of the world it's an important thing to understand i said it's not misunderstood it's understood exactly the way you are conveying it so he asked me what do you mean so i said let me ask you two questions one is and i don't ask questions i make an inquiry i said do you whatever may have been the justification of having four wives at one point in time is this concept valid 
in 21st century. And then I asked him, do you think you believe in the concept of 72 virgins in these 21st century? He was silent for 10 seconds. And I said, you gave the answer. You as a CFA, smart guy who does mergers and acquisition transactions, you do number calculations. And you could not emphatically deny that. That's the problem. That when you are rooted to a belief that is unshaken in your mind, okay, but then I have a right to tell you, sorry, guy, there are no concept of 72 virgins. That's the issue that if you are not able to break the barrier of understanding and reality, then you live in a world which is dictated to you. We all know, sir, the entire world knows today the tsunami and nor'easter or earthquake doesn't happen because God gets angry. Thunder and lightning doesn't happen because gods are angry at that point in time. We know the reason why. We have to begin to question the very fundamental of somebody's belief. Question it as an inquiry. Don't question the authority. That's what I want to say. Thank you very much, sir. I apologize. I uh, just got a phone call that I had to uh, take off. Uh, Vibhuti, this was a wonderful, wonderful hangout. I wish you all the best, sir. You're very erudite, you are articulate, your beliefs are very, very solid, and it's based on very good foundation. And I just hope that your constituents hear you and listen to you. Hearing one, listening is slightly different. Uh, they, if they listen to you, I'm sure you are going to win, my, my friend. And viewers, please like, share, and subscribe to this channel. And if you have relatives in Long Island, do share and forward this uh, video with the, with them so they know that there is a person who is running for uh, state assembly and that you should support or at least look at what he stands for. Thank you once again, Vibhuti. Namaskar. Thank you so much and thank you for the moment and uh, thanks to all the viewers. Much appreciate being here. Thank you. Thank you, sir.